Well, my name's Dean. It's great to be here. I'm that finance guy that they talked about on that video. Um, I would be, you know, uh, not, not good if I didn't mention a couple of things about uh, th that subject. And so the first thing is that at that meeting, on that day, which was the day that we were fasting, that phone call actually came when the meeting should have been over. But so when you see Brian, thank Brian for being long-winded. <laughs> because he took longer than usual at the meeting and and that phone call came right at the, actually after the meeting should have been over and the meeting was still going on. So that was kind of exciting too. But what wasn't mentioned in that video that really on the financial piece of it is completely miraculous is that the reality of it is that the difference between the property we're selling and the property we're getting is $5 million. We will not have a $5 million mortgage. We will not have a mortgage. So that is just completely of God and very, very miraculous. So very, very exciting. Uh, if everything, I probably shouldn't say this, but if everything goes well, hopefully, and Eight months, you'll be in that building. Um, so that, that would be great. So pray for that. Um, they have, I'm going to go off here a little bit. They have 90 days of due diligence, and then they have the 30-day escrow. So if everything goes perfect, um, you know, that's four months from now, and then we'll have some time to do some rehab of that building. So that's the plan, and... Uh, We'll just get on God's plan because that seems to be working pretty good, huh? So, amen for that. All right, so we are in our series in Mark. Um, I believe this is week seven. Is there anybody here that's been to all seven weeks? Ah, all right. A couple, that's good. That's okay if you haven't. It's not like, a, you know, the end of the world. But it's it's been a great series and fortunate to be going through the book of, of Mark. And today, the subject matter is going to be the great physician. Now, before I get into this, I need to ask, is there any doctors in the house? No. Okay, that's good, because if there was, I'd change what I'm about to say. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but my experience with doctors and physicians hasn't always been great. Um, I kind of have this love-hate relationship with doctors. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like they really don't know what the issue is, the problem is, and they really don't know what the cure is. Um, and so oftentimes they end up just treating the symptoms, right? Um, I went on a bike ride, now it's been 10 years ago, across country, and during that bike ride, my feet, when I was pedaling, actually felt like they were on fire. And so when I got back, my feet were pretty messed up. And so I went to a foot doctor, and he had no clue what to do. Um, he said, well, maybe we should do surgery. And I was like, no, I don't think we're going to do surgery. <laughs> so anyways, we didn't do surgery, and my feet are pretty good. So I um, wasn't too sure about that. And then years before that, 
Um, my wife went to a doctor um, because she had some significant symptoms, and he saw her and sent her home and said that, you know, she was fine. Well, about six hours later, I was in the emergency care, and it wasn't till 21 days later did I come home with her after she had been in intensive care. So that doctor not only didn't heal her, he didn't even diagnose her illness. And the passage that we're going to be looking at today, we're going to be introduced to somebody that is ill. And before we look at the great physician and the cure and the prescription that he's going to give, it would probably be good to take a few minutes just to look at this ill patient and his diagnosis, his infection. And so we're going to begin with Mark chapter 1, verse 40, and we're going to look at that. So Mark 1, 40 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. So this ill patient had leprosy a disease that could take up to eight years for the symptoms to even appear, a disease that had a tremendous physical impact on the individual and their body. It could become systemic and involve not just their extremities, their hands and feet, but it could also impact their internal organs. It usually included the deformity of their hands and feet when the tissues between the bones began to deteriorate and disappear. And because that takes place, there's this numbing that takes place where they can't feel their fingers or their toes. And as a result of that, since they don't have those nerve endings, other damage can take place to those fingers and toes. They could burn and they wouldn't know it. They could be injured and they wouldn't know it. If they're sleeping on the ground, probably during that time, rats could come up and start chewing on their digits and they wouldn't even know it. And it would cause further damage to their extremities. So it was very, very serious. In fact, advanced leprosy could include paralysis and the crippling of hands and feet. The shortening of those toes and fingers could actually be reabsorbed into the hand, so they actually shortened. Could also result in blindness and nose disfigurement. It was a long-lasting disease, but it wasn't lifelong. Typical case would take 10 to 20 years that you would have that leprosy. And at the time that Mark wrote this, there was no cure for leprosy. But there was more than just the physical part to this disease that impacted the individual. There was the social, religious, and mental part of it also. And we see this in Leviticus chapter 13. It says, the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. 
and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. What words come to your mind to describe what this individual must have felt about themselves? Outcast, unworthy, discarded, isolated, it would be hard not to be completely, have a feeling of being completely devalued. It's like putting a sticky note on your forehead that says I'm stupid, but it doesn't say I'm stupid, it says I'm unclean. It was real. Everyone, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, all passing judgment all isolated from. And really, the only hope they had was that that disease would subside to a place that the law allowed them to go to the priest and see if the priest would make them clean. And the priest could make them clean if there wasn't any flesh that was raw. So if they had no raw flesh that was apparent on their bodies, the priests could declare them clean, but then they had to go through all of these rituals and sacrifices as part of that process. And then in addition to that, if the house had leprosy in the house, there was this whole ceremony and rituals that had to take place to make the house clean. Can you just imagine experiencing that? I mean, think about that. The physical and emotional pain would have been off the charts. All you would want to do is go into a cave and die. Have you ever wondered, I, I, as I read this passage, I wondered why did Mark include this passage in, in Mark when just a couple of verses before, if you look at it, just a couple of verses before, he had talked about Jesus healing diseases. So why bring up this specific disease? Why even bring this up? And it really has to do with the ill patient's response because it's unique. And he responded not only to the illness, but he's going to also respond to the prescription that we'll look at in a few minutes. But right now, We'll look at his response to the illness. And his response to the illness was that the passage says that he did what? He approached Jesus. He had no right to approach Jesus. He went against everything, all of the religious laws, all of the society norms. He didn't follow. He had no right no claim to go before Jesus. He was unworthy. He was an outcast. He wasn't healed. He couldn't even go to a priest to get clean because he, would, he knew he was still unclean. And yet he went to Jesus. 
And the reason that he went to Jesus is that he understood one thing, and that is that God had more power, Jesus had more power than his illness. And so regardless of cultural, religious, and societal expectations, he went to Jesus because he knew that Jesus could turn him from being unclean to clean by just saying a word. No rituals required. He obviously believed that Jesus had the power to heal him. And what we see here is a man whose actions mirrored his belief. He believed it, and so he took action. And he went and approached Jesus. He obviously believed that Jesus had the authority to heal him. He obviously understood who Jesus was, that Jesus was the Messiah that Mark mentions at the beginning of this chapter. And so despite his status and despite the cultural expectations of being isolated and despite having no right to come before Jesus, he comes and he asks Jesus because he believes. He takes action. Now, we can't go past this without contemplating that for our own lives. Because do our actions that we take mirror our belief in Jesus? Can we point to actions we take because our belief in him? Think about that. Do we take these actions even if they go against the culture, against religion, against society? What actions do you take because of your belief in Jesus? We could probably learn something from this ill patient. Well, moving on to the physician and the cure, we look at Mark verses 41 and 42 where it says, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Well, what does this tell us about the great physician? Well, the first thing it tells us about the great physician is that he doesn't do it for profit or for personal gain. Jesus isn't motivated by outward desires. He's motivated by who he is. Mark says that he was moved by compassion. He didn't have to heal this individual. He wasn't forced to. The ill patient didn't have a right to be healed. Jesus didn't do it because everybody around him was saying, hey, why don't you heal this guy? He didn't do it because of peer pressure. He did it because of who he is, his very essence. Jesus is full of love and mercy and goodness. He can't help himself. He did it even though, we'll learn a little later, it wasn't going to be in his best interest. He still healed the leper. Second, the great physician 
heals not just the physical, but he also heals the emotional. Mark says that Jesus reached out and touched him. The ill patient broke through religious barriers to approach Jesus, and Jesus turns around and does the same thing and remarkably reaches out and touches a leper. Something that no one did. And I'm sure that touch immediately began the emotional healing of that individual. Where everyone else kept their distance and made sure that they didn't come near him, Jesus reached out and touched him. A touch that communicated that he was valued, that he was important, that he was worth it. I remember being a very, very, very shy eight-year-old who didn't talk to anybody, but I wanted to get baptized. So I told my mom, hey, I want to get baptized. And she said, okay, go talk to the pastor. Well, I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't do that. <laughs> That's not something I did. But anyways, I finally got enough courage to go up to the pastor and say, hey, I want to be baptized. And the first thing that pastor did was reached out, touched my shoulder. And when he did that, it made me very, very comfortable because he connected with me. He showed me that he wasn't distant. He showed me that he cared. He made me comfortable. And I'm sure that there are people in your life that do the same. Someone that believed in you when no one else did. Someone that came alongside you when nobody else would. How did that make you feel? It brought some comfort, some emotional healing to you. And that's what the great physician did with this individual. The great physician, thirdly, also is willing to heal anyone. He's willing to meet anyone where they are. You can't get much worse than a leper. And Jesus did not turn his back and go the other way. He could have. He had every right to. But he didn't. He didn't turn his back. He accepted him right where he was. And in those days, those that had leprosy, there was this stigma that it was because of some sin they had to commit it. And so they had to live with that too. But Jesus didn't let that stop him either. He doesn't keep track of wrongs. And fourth, the great physician is not dependent on rituals and sacrifices in order to heal and make clean. He's not dependent on anything outside of himself. He doesn't need medicine because he created medicine. He's the great physician. Mark's clearly showing us these rituals and sacrifices were basically foreshadowing a fulfillment in Jesus 
the one who perfectly heals. Mark makes it clear that Jesus, this great physician, is truly God with us. Physicians sometimes also give us a prescription. And so in this particular case, um, Jesus did give a prescription to the ill patient, and it was kind of an unusual um, prescription, but this is what it was. We find it in Mark 43 and 44. It says, Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't, let, don't tell anyone about this. Kind of interesting. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So Jesus' prescription, Jesus' orders to this ill patient was to follow the Mosaic law, have the priests examine him, make sure that he was clean, do the sacrifices so that the priest could testify and confirm that he was clean and that the ill patient could be restored to his family and to the community. That's the only way the individual could be restored, is to go through that process. And so Jesus gave that prescription. So why, why did Jesus give that prescription? Why was it important? Well, there's at least probably three reasons. One is that Jesus had said that he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. So if he didn't tell the individual to go, fill, go fulfill the law, then he would be, have been abolishing the law. So he had to communicate to the individual that he needed to go follow the law. Second, he also needed to, he wanted to make sure that the patient was made whole. Yes, he could heal him, but the community would not accept him back into the fold without going through the priest and being declared clean. So Jesus wanted to make sure that he was fully restored. And the third reason is because Jesus had to protect his practice. He had a mission. And the mission that Jesus had was to preach the kingdom of God to all the towns and cities throughout. And he knew that if he didn't give this prescription, this guy would be doing the same thing that the demons did that we learned about last week was that they'd go and be telling everybody who Jesus really was, and that would make it very difficult for Jesus to accomplish his mission. In fact, we see that in a commentary um, it says, rumors surrounding Jesus' identity risk inciting the crowds to messianic fervor and so thwarting his plans to proclaim the kingdom of God throughout the towns and villages of Galilee. A premature and misinformed revelation of Jesus' identity will create a hindrance to his essential mission. Well, we saw earlier what the ill patient's, Ill patient's response his illness was, and now we're going to see what his response to the prescription given to him was. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. 
He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. So like many of us, this guy didn't, feel, didn't follow the doctor's orders. <laughs> he didn't listen. He did his own thing. He got healed. He, had, he found freedom. And so he was excited about that freedom and said, I'm going to do my own thing. I've got the freedom. I'm healed. I'm going to go do what I want to do. It wasn't a bad thing necessarily, but it wasn't following the prescription. And unfortunately, when we do this, it has consequences. And it usually doesn't just have consequences for us. It usually has consequences for somebody else. And in this particular case, it had consequences to the great physician because he ended up taking the place of the patient. Consider what it says there. Jesus ended up where? Secluded places. Where had the leopard been? Where had the leopard had to be? In secluded places. Jesus took his place. The leopard should have been in the secluded places, and now we find that Jesus is in that secluded place. It's hard to look at this passage and not apply it to our spiritual need. It really is. Leprosy is analogous to sin. It is an incurable infection that affects every part of our lives. And Jesus himself relates sin to sickness that needs healing. When he says this, just the next chapter, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You see, our sin is much like leprosy. We learn that leprosy can stay dormant for like up to eight years. We're all born with a sin nature. Sometimes it stays dormant for a while, but it's there, and at some point, it manifests itself. Leprosy numbs us, causes us to not be able to fill. Sin does the same thing. Sin numbs us from guilt. Soon we can't even feel it. We can't recognize it. Like leprosy, sin takes us outside the camp. Sin separates us from God. Sin destroys relationships. Like leprosy, there is no cure other than Jesus. There is no cure for our sin other than Jesus. Only Jesus can heal our sickness. Just as Jesus' power is great enough to heal the greatest of illnesses, 
Jesus' forgiveness is great enough to heal and forgive our greatest sins. Like the ill patient with leprosy, we too must recognize that we are ill. We too must recognize our position and God's position. if we want to be healed. We need to come to him, approach him. No, also, just like leprosy, when Jesus healed the man, he didn't just heal him physically, he wanted to restore him completely. And it's the same with our, with our sin. Jesus doesn't just want to heal, he wants to restore. He wants to give us abundant life, not just back to normal. He wants to give us more. And finally, just like leprosy, there's a prescription. There's a prescription with us when we accept that forgiveness of sins and we allow the power of Jesus to forgive us, he gives us a prescription, and that prescription is to go and do good works. We, too, have a choice. We, too, have freedom at that point. We could either go do the good works that he has prescribed for us, or we could go do our own thing. Which do we do? I know that if we choose not to do those good works, there'll be consequences. <laughs> and usually they affect others also. You know, we may not have leprosy, but we all have a disease that only Jesus can heal. He's the only one that can save us from our sin. And ultimately, Jesus is willing to swap places for you. You deserve the desert. You and I deserve the cross. And yet Jesus swapped places for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you and we thank you that you are the great physician. Um, and that by your very nature, you desire to heal. And Lord, we thank you that you came not only to heal physical matters, but you came to heal spiritual matters and that's definitely the most important. So, Lord, we, I pray that there's anyone here today that needs that healing, that they would reach out to you, just like this leopard reached out to you. Maybe they feel completely unworthy, completely isolated, completely devalued. And they're just 
sunk in their sin, Lord. And we just ask that they would reach out to you because you desire to touch them and to heal them today so they may have eternity with you. Thank you again for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.